Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Anderson, the jerk from Clerks. You're listening to the Three Nose Podcast. I want to punch them right in their nose. Okay, 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 okay. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. There ain't no rules. There is no plan. No safety net. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. The Three Nose Podcast. Oh, bitter batter. Let's get at her. Ah, welcome to the Three Nose Podcast. I'm Jason. I'm Mike. Hey, I did the proper intro today. We did. Cheers. Cheers. You must be on high. Well, oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. You Freshly took, baked. Took the right stuff, did you? Freshly baked. Out of Just in the right mindset. Yeah. It? So what's so, new and exciting? Uh, not a whole lot for me, honestly. No? no, no. This was a very quiet week, honestly, which is kind of nice. Jack yep. Daniels pre-mixed coke. I, I'm familiar. I've had it a few times. Yep. I, um, I got to be in in the in the right mood for that one though. Yeah. But I'm usually good for any day that ends in Y. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my taste when it comes to that kind of stuff are a little bit more fickle. You're unfortunately, fickle? my pal. I just didn't grow that palate. You're you're you have a more refined palate. No, I wouldn't call it refined. Well, I wouldn't say drinking Jack Daniels makes you a refined. No. Uh, drinker, oh no, it's so. definitely not a refined thing. It's more like a tolerance thing. Ah. Gotcha. That makes a little more sense. <laughs> you know, I'm a notorious lightweight when it comes to alcohol. That is so. true. That is true. Right. So. So. I have two things. You have two things. Do you want to do a deep dive into Jason? Oh, boy. Or do you want to brush into the dark side of reality of this world and into something that some would consider a conspiracy theory. Okay, which one has to do with the meatloaf question? That would be the deep dive into Jason. All right, that's the one, because you've had me curious. You've asked me on multiple occasions information about meatloaf battle hell. Right, so I started earlier this week by texting Jason, asking him, what is your go-to... your passport? No, it's a fucking... It looks like your passport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it, yes, I'm writing my notes in my passport. <laughs> When I go to the border, like, here, check out Jason's notes on meatloaf. Oh, <laughs> come right in, Mr. Lutz. <laughs> you never know. I don't know what kind of weird laws they have over there. Meatloaf, uh, meatloaf is a national treasure, isn't he? Is he? I, I don't know. Is he American? I thought he was British. No, he's American. Oh, okay. Who he, am I thinking of then? I don't know, but he is definitely American. Freddie Mercury. Uh, he... But his citizenship was British, but he was not born there. He cool. was born in Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Yes. Okay. Who? Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Oh, all right. That's like way off. <laughs> I there's not a lot of uh, music uh, bio stuff that I know, but those that's, are those are some of the ones that I know. Queen. Right. Queen's my number one favorite band. So. I texted Jason. I go, "What is your go-to album? What is the one that has shaped you into?" The shape that you are in now. What yes. has made Jason Jason? What album? And uh, you replied, "Bad Out of Hell" by Milo. Yes, I was well, like raised on that album instantly. Yes, that that has that has been a uh, the an answer to the what is your number one favorite album? Yeah, where it took me, you know, thirty plus years to answer Blues Brothers for favorite movie. Meatloaf, mm-hmm. Bad Out of Hell has been my number one album since birth. All right, now. With that in mind, mm-hmm. there are seven songs on that album. Yes, there. I have listened to this album two or three times this week okay. to really get my 
fingers into the Jasonness of what? Okay. What has this? Sure. And I have ranked the songs. You've ranked. I have songs. ranked the songs, the seven songs that are on this album. Yep. That I think how you would rank them, and then I rank them. I okay. I have not thought about ranking them, but I know which ones are the are the are the ones that mean the most to me. Right. But. I can honestly say that there's a couple songs in there that rank even higher because of other connections. That's what I was thinking. So, so, so that's what we said. Obviously, we can't play the album no. on here because we'll get sued into oblivion. Yes. But you, Bad Out of Hell has been out for a while. People know what it is. So It's been out for, I'm pretty sure, as long as I've been alive. I right. think it came out like maybe two years after. I okay. Was. So, yeah, you. this has been in your life. Oh, I, for, I, for when, you, when you mentioned it, I and I, I said, uh, in my lifetime, either my parents or myself have owned it on every possible medium. audio medium yep. that it was put on. Because Eight track to cassette to vinyl to, yep. yep. I asked you your age of discovery. And you said pretty much since you've been born. If the album was out before I was born, probably in the womb. Yeah. Okay. So I have ranked these. I have ranked them in in the order that I thought one through seven that I thought you. Okay. So I'm going. Do you want me to start the the lowest? The start, lowest. Start at start at what what you think was it would be the, the my your, least your favorite of it. Okay. Yes. I'm going to say your least favorite cut on this the bad out of hell album mm -hmm. for crying out loud no 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 okay no. no i would actually put for crying out loud um it's it's a close race between one and two really yes really i love the orchestral the or the, the, just that orchestral power ballad okay of uh for crying out loud okay I, like I want to see the musical so I, bad, and I hope that they do that song right in my that I picture it. Okay, I'm already <laughs> <laughs> already batting uh, I, yeah, at a deficit. Look, here. look, there honestly, there is no wrong answer here. I love every song on this album. Right, there is I, there, that that is I I cannot. It's like picking favorite children, honestly. Okay, but. When I've gone back, because I don't listen to it super often, yeah. only because it, it's in my head. Yeah, like, you it, know it inside. I, I know it, yes. Okay. I can sing it backwards, I think. So, <laughs> I have for number six, uh -huh. Bad Out of Hell. Uh, That might be. I love it, because it, 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 oh, it gets you so pumped. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of the best opening songs in an album that I've ever heard anyways. It's, a, it's um, But be, just because of what some of the other songs bring... Yeah. yeah, I I I, I could there, there, probably there, agree with that. There's a lot of weight in this album. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, this album was supposed to be a rock opera. Yeah, you know, Jim Steinman wrote it as a rock opera, but they couldn't get that off the ground, and then he got hooked up with uh, Marvin Lee Day, known as Meatloaf. Yeah, and we got what we got. There you go. Number five, all revved up. This is a young Jason. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is. Oh, I, I I as soon as you said it, I am back into ninety. Um, okay, I'm 
trying to get this right here. I want to say 92, 93 era. How old are you at this point in time? Um, I would have been 18, 19. Okay, so fresh out of high school? Uh, probably my last year. Okay. Because I did go to 14, grade okay. 14, technically. Yeah. Yep. Um, so just before Sky was born, essentially, is where I'm picturing. Uh, working at the Shell gas station, Yeah. I can picture walking down the street with my cassette Walkman on my hip and uh, the... Uh, those little cheap little flimsy foam, foam covered here, here with, buds, the, yeah. with the simple wire going over your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just jamming out to that as I'm walking down McNaughton Ave heading home. Okay. I pictured That's you. That's where that takes me. Yeah, I pictured you a little bit younger, like 14, 15. And I'm going to probably put that at seven on your chart. On your okay, that that that, well, that that that's where it would start. That in. was the least of the uh, just, again. What the other songs yeah. bring? Yeah. Okay. Um, number four, "Heaven Can Wait." This is what I thought you would rank this song. Uh, that. So, wait a minute. I think you skipped one. Oh. I'm not. I'm. I'm not going in order. I'm oh, going. Okay. Cr- I'm Number going four. I'm going like oh, least okay. to least to most. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So okay. I just did five. Okay. Now I'm doing four. Four. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Because okay. now we're starting to get into a little more emotional. Yep. And one of the stronger. Yes. And, and it is. It's a pretty beautiful melody. Yep. Um, Number three. Mm-hmm. You took the words. You took the words right out of my That's exactly. Exactly right. Although growing up, that would have been my number one. Yeah, I just I love that opening. I I love that that storied opening, okay. which he they redid in Bad Out of Hell two mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, wasted youth segment. Which if you've never heard, oh, it's it shares such a vibe to this. Okay, but it, it really brings up and ramps up the energy. All right, number two. Mm-hmm. Two out of three ain't bad. Mm, no, no, uh, no. I already said. I already said number two would have been for crying out loud. Yeah, um, I put that at a solid three. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So number one by default would be paradise. No. No, you you put uh, crying out loud for your number one as my as no uh, save me. Save me? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. That, for some reason, no. Yeah, never not mind. on this album. Yeah, no. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I just crossed Queen in there, and I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I've been watching or because of Highlander. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. listened to a lot of Queen for the last two days. Okay. I, I rewatched Highlander recently, and I want. I really want to talk about that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, Paradise, Paradise at number one, yes. Yeah. Because of the the whole three stages segment. It. It, it encapsulates this entire album, yeah. and it just puts a bow on everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it also has some special meaning because Chris and I would do that at karaoke, right? So, right, <laughs> you know, that's fond memory. Yeah. So, uh, I rank these songs as okay. well. As All right, for my very fresh. So, I sure. for, for number seven. Mm-hmm. My number seven was all revved up. Okay, so we're in line there. Okay, so it's kind of yeah, yeah. kind of in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six for me was Crying Out Loud. Okay. Uh, number five, where did it go? Uh, I put Bad Out of Hell. Okay. Number four, Heaven Can Wait. Sure. Three, you took the words out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. 
two was two out of three, and my number one was Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. I think Paradise is the number one hit off the album. Yeah, that's like when somebody some somebody asks you to think about Bad Out of Hell, the, the album, you're automatically going to Paradise. Yeah, most people do, yes. So absolutely. The, uh, you took the words though on a hot summer night, right? And so there, like, there was it was not an easy task ranking these in what I thought you would rank those in mm-hmm. because I know I, I've heard you talk about Bad Out of Hell before, and I was just like, okay, where where are you in your life when you, this really sinks in, <laughs> and like what? I know, like I said, you, you've you've been around it your entire life. Where, when did it get its its traction? With it, it's Jason? just it's always been there. Yeah. Honestly, I, there's no other way to describe it. I can remember as, as a small child, the earliest car I can remember my parents having, and it was only when I was like three, four. Yeah, was a, a yellow gremlin i think okay or a pinto no a pinto oh you're lucky you're still alive then <laughs> um, and it had eight track oh yeah so yeah, yeah. i remember having the eight track yeah. i know my dad had the record at one time yeah. um but that disappeared and that broke my heart yeah. yeah um i bought it myself for the first time on cassette in one of the many columbia house do you, do you still owe Columbia House money? Oh, probably. probably. <laughs> Everybody owes Columbia House money. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and then there was another. Uh, no, I bought a CD at one time, okay. but I lo- that got got wrecked by I can't remember a, a flood or something, and uh, everything got destroyed C- in there. CD? No, it got like warped and shit. Oh, a CD. It, uh, it was next to there was warmth and whatnot. Ah, so right. yeah, would do it. Yeah. yeah, I had. We we lost a bunch of stuff and some st- stupid flooding. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, then Crystal bought me one year for Christmas yeah. a limited edition twenty four karat gold CD. It's Damn, like, uh, Masterworks collection or something. I I don't know if it. I've never really looked to see about value, but um, still got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's tucked away somewhere. And I was gonna say time to hawk it. It's it's tucked away somewhere. Yeah. Um. But I am. I do have a. I don't want to call it a bucket list thing, but sometime I'm going to actively pursue the picture, the picture disc. disc. Yeah, I think they've uh, they run approximately eighty online. That I've looked at because I remember you talked about the picture disc and how much you wanted it, and I said I, I've hopped on eBay and a couple other places looking for these things. Yeah, and you're about seventy, eighty dollars American for the yeah. the bad out of hell picture disc. So I just I my one of my dad's best friends way back when. Had a big record collection, but yep. he had that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like one of only like three albums I think he had up on a frame. Yeah. So and I loved it. And you're, when you I would... heard that he passed, Where's that and nobody knew what happened to his record. I, uh. I never, they never did find out what happened to his record collection, but apparently he fell into some really hard drugs and stuff. So who knows? Sold it. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So. But yeah, that, that album. Okay. So there's, there's some interesting revelations in there i'm gonna have to go back and listen to these songs one more time with your results in mind um if it helps you you say what shape jason this is it's theater it's the rock opera yeah. aspect yeah that sunk in at it from a very early age yeah there there's there's it's very operatic it's very visual like for for an an audio album you can see how this 
plays out. I dipped in and out of performing throughout my childhood yeah. and, and through my life. Yeah. Because, um, so, you know, again, meatloaf was always there. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten, our graduation, I, I I sang a song in that where uh, I did uh, Peter Pumpkin, you know, the put oh, thumb in the, yeah, the plum. Yeah, yeah. Can't even um, remember that rhyme now. Yeah. It's been so long, but I, I did something like that. <laughs> I think it was grade two. I was Prince Charming in a production of Snow White. Look at you. Uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I forgot my, the words of the song during the performance. But, uh, <laughs> and then I got ridiculed by one particular girl. She would bring it up for like years. She would still bring it up. Everybody's got our haters. <sighs> you know, um, and then, you know, high school I got into the musicals. Yeah. And yep, yep. so, you know, it, and then <laughs> had kids, had a life, had to work and got back into the theater when my kids did it yeah so there you go you're living vicariously through your kids again so the whole the whole theater aspect and whatnot has really started because of the meatloaf inflection Uh, definitely that makes sense that makes sense that makes perfect sense what goes in hand hand in hand with that it's a it's it's really interesting that you asked me that kind of question yeah because crystal got asked a question at work and she knew that would be right up my alley yeah what movie would best describe you? Oh shit! And I'm like, I honestly, I have to really think about that. And then when I thought about it, it's Blues Brothers. Like, it's my favorite movie is me. Blues Brothers. It has it has some music and whatnot. It's a big yeah. part of it. It's kind of theatrical, um, in in its presentation at times. Are like you on a mission from God? No, but it's more. It's just it's it's funny. I, yeah. I think I'm a funny guy. You know, I just. Feel like yeah, Blues Brothers does kind of, you know, they're morally questionable, but for the right reasons. I think that kind of fits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, morally questionable. The guy served time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, but for the the sake of the film, yeah. they were doing it for the right reasons. Yes, you know, yes, yes, that's true too. So I, which has always been something I've always liked. Okay. You know the the, you the, good, ide- the good-hearted scoundrels. You identify with the blues brothers. Han Solo. He's a good-hearted scoundrel. Yeah. Uh, okay, a scoundrel done good. I think a scoundrel thrust into goodness. Sure. And so are the blues brothers. They had to save the orphanage. Well, they didn't have to. Uh they uh, they, they chose to go in. Whereas Han Solo was, circumstances put him squarely in the uh, the rebellion's pocket. I'm, I think it's a little more than that, and I'm going to stand by my my logic because it fits my narrative. <laughs> <laughs> but don't forget, I think that could be my motto. I stand by my logic because it fits my narrative. Uh, it'll fit trademark on, three nose podcast on fill fill on a t shirt. <laughs> Um, I'll like, don't forget, don't forget, Han Solo was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So you don't know the horrors that uh, Imperial Han Solo committed. That is true. Up until this point, in that time. is true. Did he all the all the goodness that he did with the rebellion? Yeah. Did he actually find redemption? Does it does it balance the karmic it, scales? Yes. Does his what, what color is his ledger? Uh, that's, <laughs> I bet you there's a lot of red in that ledger. I bet you he's a criminal. He was a smuggler. He saved, but but you know, he saved Chewie. He right? saved a Wookie. He saved a Wookie. Yeah. 
trying to balance how many did he slaughter. Exactly. And, oh, and they attacked Kashyyyk. Right, exactly. You know, where was he stationed in the Empire? That's the question. He, <laughs> he said, he's he's fast on the trigger. That's Greedo. We, we, all those years ago, we just embraced his, his smug charm. Right. Because, just so easily, right? Not really thinking about who is this yeah, man. They said, "There's, there's consequences to yeah. our actions here. Like we have have been backing a very questionable human being for a very long time. Do we really know much about his politics? Like, could we, could we essentially be backing like a a, a, ver- a version of Hitler? Possibly. Is, is, if, is, if given a chance, he probably would have rose through the ranks of the Imperial Navy." He has the charm, right? You know, yeah. He he has the charm. He has the skill. He definitely could have certainly had the complexion, right? Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> I think we better get away from this conversation <laughs> before we get in trouble. <laughs> it's been what? How many episodes now? Hundred? Yeah, that's true. Episodes? Like, uh, it, I'm already thinking what the what, what should the title of the episode right, be? Like, is, it, it, is Han Solo a Nazi? <laughs> That might get us flagged. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't use that. Can't word. use that word. Can't use that word. No, no. that's right. No, can't yeah. can't use that one. The uh, did, like, did Harrison, if we, if we have him, or did what? Han Solo once have a tiny mustache? Ooh, but that is that a way to get around the filters, mm. or do you think the algorithm's too smart for that? The algorithm is pretty smart. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. See, I better stay that, away from it altogether. Yeah. Let's just all like, right. Just, Shy away from um, that angle. Oh, here we go. Three Nose Podcast episode 130, I believe, 8. Um, a question of Han Solo's politics. There you go. There you are. That Got works. It. That works. <laughs> wow, yeah. we just spent a lot of time on a one a, a 10 second joke. It's, a, it's fine. It's fine. It was like some of that, sometimes that shit needs to be analyzed. And they said Han Solo's politics is very relevant. It could be for, to a lot of people, absolutely. Well, once we dive into my second thing, we'll okay. talk about let's talk about Highlander first. Yes, before um, we get into uh, my second thing. So, Highlander, classic eighties uh, fantasy action flick. Yes, you know uh, there can be only one. Yep. Clan McCloud. Uh, Clan McCloud, uh, a staple of my childhood, but it's been quite a while since I've watched it. And I can't even remember the last time I watched Highlander. Um, I've always loved the movie. Love. Uh, there is no official soundtrack to the film outside of like the score. Yes. Um, but uh, Queen did most of the music or all the music, I think, um, and uh, including some special versions for the film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a couple of songs were written after they seen like early cuts of the film. They're like, oh shit. Uh, Who wants to live forever? Brian May wrote in the limousine after seeing it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, the they're a kind of magic album is essentially the soundtrack. Is that where? Okay. Yes. It, I've, I've it's always, a kind of magic. I've always been curious because I've never been able to find the official soundtrack. The, kind yeah. Of it, it, the Queen, It's a Kind of Magic is essentially the soundtrack to Highlander. Gotcha. They okay. did actually do a repackaging at one point where they put an extra little label on it that said that. Ah, uh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, because yeah, a couple of the songs actually have dialogue right out of the film. Oh. Like, Give Me the Prize, the yeah. Kurgan theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. has his dialogue right in it. Okay. And okay. that's a badass too. Yeah, Kurgan was it? Uh, Clancy Brown. Brown. Clancy Brown, fucking Kurgan. You, I remember he watching him the first time come up on the screen. He's like, oh, geez. It has been way too long since I watched this movie because my uh, memories of it yep. are scattered. Yeah, 
And this was the extended cut that I have only heard about. I've never seen okay. that had more, uh, a few extra scenes with his assistant, who was a girl that he saved during World War II. Oh, all right. And she, he raised her and kept her safe. And then when he leaves, going to leave for the final fight with, with uh, Kurgan, he signs everything off to her. Whether he comes back or not, she, he, he looks and he says, Russell, Russell Nash, which is identity at this time, yeah. Russell Nash dies tonight. So he says their goodbyes, but he's the little girl that he saved in World War II. Okay. I was going to say, the extended cut have more Freebird action in it? No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> All right. Um, but... <sighs> God damn, Clancy Brown was fucking badass. He doesn't pick up until the third act, really. Yeah. It's his best work. Yeah. But god damn, his Kurgan is just a badass villain. Yeah. Good, good acting by Clancy oh, Brown yeah. on that one. Um, like, I forgot how good it was. One of the more iconic big bads in uh, oh, yeah. cinema history. And terrifying. Yeah. Like, he was scary. Yeah. So I think you, you look at Kurgan, and there's, when it comes to high fantasy sword and sandal kind of thing. The 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 high watermark starts with Kurgan. Yes, it is. There's a lot of people try to ape what he did, what he what he ended up doing. But yeah, he kinda just, yeah, he kinda set the standard for that type of villain. Yeah. yeah. And he crushed it. Yep. Um the extended cut also has a slightly alternate um the kill with between uh, Connor and Kurgan. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he decapitates Kurgan, you, spoilers. he's still spoilers. Forty-year-old <laughs> flick. Uh, um, he, uh, it, it, you actually see him. He's still standing there holding the sword. The head falls backwards, yep. and like all the energy, the quickening energy starts coming out. Like spirits start coming out of him and whatnot. I don't remember it being like that. I remember him falling, and then you see the sparks, and then the close-up on Lambert's face. There can be only one, and the windows shatter. Yeah, and that's when his starts right. But there was a lot more effect, like the spiritual effect coming off the body. Yeah. Plus, the body still stood there and took his sword and held it in front of him like this, like in the standard a stand-up pose. Yeah, before he I- fell. Did not see that version. Yeah, so I just saw saw the theatrical version. It's an international cut or something. Okay, I've okay. I'd heard about it. I'd never seen it, and it, that's what's on Prime. Oh, oh, oh! That's good to know. Yes, good. That... I had no idea. I just started watching it, flipping through Prime, and hello. <laughs> hey, look at you, Prime. It, good yeah, job. It's weird. Uh, the digital, the, all the, a lot of these streaming services are getting the, all the other cuts, but they don't note them. No, you're just watching. Here's Highlander, and you're like, wait a minute. Well, that time I watched Stripes on Netflix, yeah. and it had the entire scene where uh, Bill Murray and Ramis go AWOL, hike, sneaking onto a plane, and get dropped into like a jungle somewhere into, and meet up with like a cartel and shit. Yeah, that's new to me. It's, that, that, that was the version I saw on Netflix. Wow. Randomly. I, it's, it's really curious to look at how many different cuts of these movies are out there and what streaming service has that particular cut. No, nobody's beaten uh, Blade Runner, though. No, no. no. <laughs> Pretty sure Blade Runner's going to have the record on that one. Outside of a James Cameron flick. For different for different cuts? Yeah. Yeah, and you, you're like, not touching Blade, Blade Runner's Runner. at, what, seven, I think? That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a, a ridiculous amount of cuts. And I think 2049 was not much better 
it um, followed what is known as the final cut, I believe. Yeah. If that's the version of Blade Runner to watch before seeing Blade Runner 2049. It connects better. That's how I heard it described. I don't know. Blade Runner, the original, I rewatched it in, uh, like a year or so ago, and yeah. it, it it's a different type of sci-fi flick. It's not heavy action and whatnot. It's a more cerebral and whatnot. Gotcha. So you got to know that going in. Yep. A lot of people are, are don't they don't go for that kind of sci-fi. Yep. Um, and twenty forty nine is the same bag. I didn't like twenty forty nine. I found it boring. I kind of liked it. Uh, it visually stunning. Visually stunning. Like, yeah, uh, Denis Villeneuve. His work is beautiful. Yeah, I am actually really looking forward to seeing Dune Part Two. Uh, Tally and I went and saw Part One. We're already we're already planning to go see two. Yeah, I never did watch Part One of Dune. Um, it's it, it's stunning to watch yeah. and a pretty good adaptation. I did read the first book. I've I have mixed mixed memories of the David Lynch version. Yeah, because eh. David Lynch. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it and it was pretty well received. So yeah. cool. All right. No, there's, your, I, there's your movie talk. There's your movie talk. Yeah, I finished uh, like I said last night during gaming, <laughs> gaming such as it was last night. Um, I finished watching uh, the Jack Ryan series. Uh, Season four on Prime. I got to double check to see if I've watched three. I'm pretty sure I did. So yeah. I think I just have to watch four. Yeah. Um, series is wrapped up. That was it. Yeah. They, they put a bow on that. And it, they said Krasinski fucking literally did a a, a walk into the sunset with uh, Kathy. I think a lot of the shows that pop up now are trying to aim for that four to five year timeline yeah. because that seems to be the longevity of most shows. Yeah. Well, nobody's got time to invest in like. Season upon season upon season of a right. show, uh, just give me give me a maxi series and let's get out of here. I I really like the anthology stuff, like because you yeah like, because you can keep it fresh within this in the framework of what you're like Black Mirror, of yeah, all I, I, which I still have to. I mean, yeah, I got I, I, I dropped off of I think season two of Black oh, Mirror. I think it's so. season three. Uh, the first episode, if, if I'm pretty sure it was season three, had. Uh, uh, Plemons, uh, Matt Damon, yeah, in like a Star Trek uh, virtual game, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so fucking yeah, that good. That was good. I, rem- I remember watching that one, but that's the only thing I remember off of that season because I think I dropped off after that. It was okay. just, I think I got into uh, Love, Death, and Robots more than oh, yeah. uh, Black Mirror. That's understandable. So. <laughs> I, I still jump back into a few of those yeah. once in a while. Yeah, it's it's hard to not watch that series. Night of the Mini, Night of the Minis, just makes me chuckle. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot about that anthology, Love, Death, and Robots, that I love because it it dovetails right into my um, wheelhouse of pop culture so nicely, and what the stuff that I do like to watch and read they gave me more of that mm-hmm. and i'm more than fine with them doing more stuff like that like if they flesh out the cthulhu type uh story that they did <laughs> i'll take more of that like that wasn't necessarily cthulhu is another one of his elder god brothers still still it's that world right right <laughs> so we're we're looking at eldritch horrors give me more of that please sure um I want to see more of that. I want to see, like we talked about Henry Cavill um, getting dumped off Witcher. 
Uh, yeah, which I have not watched any of the show. I did. I played Witcher three. Yep. I'm familiar with so, a lot, some of the material. I know the characters and whatnot. Yep. Um, and I know the show's was well received it, until the news. It was. <laughs> it was. I enjoyed. Like I had no idea what the Witcher was. Like, well, no, okay, not necessarily true. I was a cognizant of it being a story, like book series and video game series. But you didn't know the details. I didn't know the details. No details whatsoever. And then. The boys go, oh, it's a Netflix series. So I started to watch it. And I think I started and stopped it maybe three times because I was like, I don't, I'm not sure. And then I finally turned it on. I started to watch it. I gave it a good, honest watch. Ding. And I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. And I just fell in love with this series. And then they're going like, oh, yeah, by the way, the guy that you like in that, yeah, he's coming out. <laughs> and we're going like, what? Yeah, we're going to replace him with the Wish uh, Hemsworth. <laughs> And I was like, no, what are you doing? And then Prime comes along and said, oh, by the way, we gave that guy that you like a dump truck of money to do his Warhammer obsession. Yeah, he's going to come play with his Warhammer toys now. <laughs> and I'm going like, I want to watch that. So That's another one where I don't know any of the, the details of the lore of Warhammer, but I know it's pretty epic. Uh, it really all depends on where you enter into, because Warhammer is fantasy, and then Warhammer 40K is <laughs> space, space opera. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? I haven't heard any more specifics other than Warhammer. So. I believe it's going to be 40K. I think Kavel is a 40K okay. guy. All right. Well, so. that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I still worry about oversaturation because a lot of that stuff has been overdone, so it's hard to break through. And you know, Marvel's losing steam. Yeah, and, and whatnot. Well, I think a lot of it has to do when they started to add um, uh, politics into the storylines. Yes, it was always there. But when it became super overt, that's when everyone's going like, ah, I'm good, dog. And yeah, you're right. You're right. That, you're exactly right. Um, that was the problem I had with uh, the Supergirl show. Yeah. As soon as they start really putting it in my face, yeah. I, 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 I was out of it. Right. I want to watch stuff. I want to watch Batman punch the Joker in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. I don't need identity politics nope. mixed in with my entertainment. I get enough of that. Outside of everything else that I want to watch, like it, it gets rammed down everybody's throat, whether you like it or not. I'm not. This is not turning into a political argument. This is just give me my entertainment and don't proselytize to me. Write the story right. Mm-hmm. Do it right. And it won't matter if it's Superman or Supergirl punching the fuck out of Brainiac. Right. Okay? It won't matter if it's Batman or Batgirl who's punching the fuck out of Harley Quinn and the Joker. Right. It, it doesn't matter. Just write it good. It, it doesn't. I don't care. Just no. give me badass stories. Yeah. That's like you said. I mean, <laughs> we, were ra- we were raised on good stories. And the, um, the, the storytelling has fallen precipitously. And I'm just like, what happened? Where did it all go? And okay, I, I, I was raised. We're raised in the Gen X era, where you know, with misogyny was still around us. We, we still, uh, and that's know, the way we like to damn it. <laughs> for like, yeah, honestly, yes. Um, but um, I can remember way back when. Um, so we're talking probably 90s. Yeah. Um, getting an X Men comic. Yeah. 
one of the most badass panels. I can remember it vividly. And it's where I learned an interesting, I guess you call it biological fact about the human body. <laughs> okay. Which brought up in, I brought up in conversation yesterday. I, I got to throw that point out, yeah. but I never got to tell the story. The elbow is the hardest part of the body, essentially. Essentially. Uh, um, and I learned that from an X-Men comic. Okay. And it wasn't a dude doing it. No. Of all characters, it was Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride was pretty badass. This, yeah. Well, yeah. So, but most people who knew the initial Kitty Pride, she was, you know, she had to grow yeah. into that. Yeah. Well, th- she'd been grown into it because she, in the panel I'm picturing, she Logan taught me that the elbow is the hardest part of the body, and she's smashing robot faces with her elbow. Yep. I can picture that panel perfectly, right there. It wasn't a girl throwing that badass elbow. That was somebody. That was just somebody throwing a badass fucking elbow. <laughs> a, a superhero practicing horrible smashes. Right, so. but still the heart, the elbow thing. Like, it didn't matter that it was a girl. It, I'm, I'm just pointing out that it was Kitty Pride because yeah. that goes against the whole misogyny thing. And, yeah, you know, I'm getting even I'm back getting. then, we didn't so. care exactly. Nobody cared. No, nobody cared. Um. I said there's been gay characters in comic books and media forever. Yes. Nobody cared. Nope. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know. No. It brought to mind, uh, you know how I've, I've been hyping up South Park lately. Yeah. Another episode that came up in the, I, I want to say the 25th season. Okay. Has the big reveal uh, that of the, are you familiar with the character of Tolkien? Tolkien? Tolkien. Yeah. Okay. It, what's his name? Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah. The token black guy. In- no. No? No. And that's the problem because, yeah, 25 years in, and the character was introduced, like, I want to say four or five, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, well, long he, time he, ago. He wasn't the token black guy because their chef was on. Exactly. But still, yeah. that was the kid's name. But it's not token. And Stan comes to realize it when he people start pointing it out. Tolkien, as in the author of The Lord of the Rings. J.R.R. Tolkien? Tolkien. Tolkien is his name. But Stan's the only one that was, I th- actually thought his name was Token. Yeah. And he's like, he's secretly going through like the shock that he's a racist. <laughs> Stan is. Stan. Okay. Like, that's an entire episode of them going... the. Rewriting essentially because you know damn well it was token. Yeah. If you go back, you're never going to hear the L no. looked in there. No. But it worked perfectly, but we never noticed it. You know? Yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> but sense. But it works per- like <laughs> South Park, damn it. Yeah, they Guys do it again. Geniuses. They did it again. <laughs> but wow. again, they but they take those 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 racist things and whatnot yep. and they twist them and, and point well, make fun of them. See that that's what comedians do mm-hmm. they point the mirror and they make they make the joke and the joke is designed to shine the light on the fucking negative thing and when you go like oh yeah okay yeah it, it makes you think about it i saw another video of a comic at a club and it gets a karen heckler Ugh. He had a good, some good zing shots at her, yeah. but the crowd oh turned on turned on her big time. <laughs> like there's a couple of dudes in the crowd that hit her harder. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. 
Beautiful. But, Beautiful. Yeah, like, and, and the guy even, but, but the guy's best line was, so, uh, I, you know, I'm not good. You paid to see me, bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, was it Jimmy Carr had something like that during one of his stand Oh, he's one of the most brutal heckler fast, revenge. And he's fast. So quick. And I like, one of the, one of the uh, heckler goes, when's a comedy start? And, and Jimmy Carr goes like, well, here's the sad thing. You paid your money, and if you're not entertained by it, that's your problem. You didn't get the comedy that you want. That's too bad for you. <laughs> you mm-hmm. stayed around. Yep. So, and yeah, I just butchered the shit out of that bit, but it's it points out that, yeah, okay, you can heckle, but you're going to get fucking eviscerated right yep. back, and it's going to be a thousand times worse. And it, it, that, that same idea goes into the people, um, I'm, I'm switching back to politics a little okay, bit here, yeah, um, the whole movement against Barbie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, particularly, thanks to Twitter, Ben Shapiro yep. went to the Barbie movie. Yeah. He went and saw it and then went and, you know, lambasted it. But he then took his daughter's Barbie toys and set them on I fire. See, I did see some parts um, of those clips. They already got your money, bitch. You just burned your money. You right. spent $200 on those right. Barbie toys. But, but he's also not going to buy any more. Doesn't matter. They got that $200. I, I, I get it. It's just like any protest. That and like yeah, they've already got your money. By by the time you are burning your shit, it's too late. I want to know how many people went out and bought Bud Light to shoot it. <sighs> well, Kid Rock didn't. He probably he, had all that shit right in his store. But Bud Light is like still yeah, still reeling over this. Yes, they are, and they're not. I don't think there's any coming back from this. There's there's a lot of backlash i don't think they're gonna disappear no they're too big that's right. one of those too big to fail kind of things but they'll never never ever ever gain back what they lost i, I don't think they're worried about it that company has a lot of brands to Dude, lean on no but that's millions and mi- tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. and like that, when you lose i think I, I, the last time i looked or cared about it, it was like 25 percent of the market share that's a huge amount of market share that they're not ever going to get. And that is now being divvied up between his competition. Mm-hmm. Well, huge amount of money. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I realized it was that big, though. I I, I, I haven't heard, I haven't really heard much on that one. So I don't think I, real, I realized they got hit that hard. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Dude, they can't give it away. Really? They cannot give huh. it away. I, I was, went during the height of all this. I, I saw, I think it was a Twitter thing, take it for what it is, but it was a um, a grocery store setup, display, a Bud Light. Buy a 15-pack of Bud Light. Scan this QR code to get an instant discount of what you just paid for. They're giving the beer away. Holy cow. And the coolers were full. Wow. Nobody, they, it was free beer. Wow. Free beer. And it was not moving. Wow. That's the Damn. backlash that this company has. Damn. Yeah. That's how bad it is. Okay. I did not know it had oh, gone yeah. to that level. Yeah, wow. All right. Really, really bad. Wow. I'm very surprised. Nope. No, it, they, for whatever reason, they said, what's the, what's the one saying they, the right likes to say, go woke, go broke. Yeah. And it, that's the example of it. Yep. Uh, Target is the same way. 
Have they been hit as bad by that stuff? They've lost billions of dollars. Did they? Well, okay. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't sure well, not how bad they got yeah, hit with that one either. It, uh, Bud Light and Target are the two big examples that everybody holds up. So like, look how bad these guys. And everybody's going like, hmm. It makes a lot of people think twice about doing a lot of things. And then there's some people who are like, fuck it. It ain't going to happen to us. Uh, Disney's definitely been feeling it. Yes, they have. You know, uh, all the, the, the ticket prices are down on their stuff. Yep. Oh, this, um, one of the ones I saw, they're, they're saying Disney World is empty. Yeah, but that has to do with the politics of the state, really, a lot of it. Is it, though? Is it, though? Like, there's a lot of people. Politics be damned. They're going to go to Disney World. Their kids want to go to Disney World or whatever. Uh, I, I think And the park's empty. Like I said, Disney fucking priced themselves out of the blue collar. That's that's definitely been right. a major So there's issue, a yeah. lot of things working against Disneyland. Like you look at all the other parks that are in Florida, they're not doing bad business. Even like with the, the, the financial climate that we're living in right now, I bet you universally you look at that, they're still making money. But Disney, because they're going to war with Florida and everything that's going on, I, I yeah I haven't I haven't heard the numbers, um, but I I'm just thinking more on the lines of the all their films, mm. all their latest animated films. They've all had you know messaging behind them and whatnot. Yeah, and I think they've all underperformed. But that's a company wide decision to you include like the the politics of the day yeah. in in into those things, mm-hmm. and it's going to if when you when you add those politics into your product you automatically exclude the other side of that argument automatically mm-hmm. so if you're like woke culture you're pandering to the woke crowd and anybody who's not on that side of the fence is not going to throw a dime in that direction. Yeah. And, you know, it's their loss yeah. for yeah. The wanting to stand by that. Yeah. You know? But nobody wants to say they're sore or they're, say they're wrong. No. Because like said, nobody right. wants to admit when they fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And it's costing jobs and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So, hey, some somewhere along the line, somebody's going to have to fucking swallow the pride, eat some crow, oh, and yeah. fucking just go back to making... I don't a movie that everybody can like. Fucking Steamboat Willie of all the fucking. I don't know. People will always find something to complain Fuck about. Yes. So don't <laughs> fucking cater to them. Fuck those guys. That's why we're just gonna let the AI do it. They know what the, they know what we want. <laughs> the robots. They know. What we I like. Want. I said there's there's that one meme on. Uh, it's uh, young John Connor. Uh, Eddie Furlong. Yeah. And he's like looking back, he's disappointed from the Terminator movie. Oh. He's like, yeah, here's John Connor being upset that you're making friends with this AI knowing what's coming. So yeah. <laughs> I have seen that one. Um, Yeah. When you hear about just how much they're wanting to use AI in Hollywood now, you just, yeah, we're getting closer and closer to bad shit happening. Yeah. Either, well, whether it, whether it goes the route of Skynet, or whether it goes the route of, uh, I fuck, I just lost the name of it. Tron. No, 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 no. The little robot. Wally. Yes. Uh, who I honestly is- think the Wally future is slightly more terrifying. Yeah. Where we're just a bunch of of, of fatties floating in floaty chairs. We're that now. 
not too far off. You're right. No, we're not that far away from that reality. I know. I know. And, and that's the more terrifying prospect. Right. 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 Yeah. And I don't disagree with that statement. But you look at, I was watching a video today, and it was um, a, a a shipping yard you know, where they, they offload those the big containers from the ship. Yeah. They've automated that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, and watching watching how smooth and how quickly these automated cranes offload these 53-foot containers onto these robotic uh, cars that just wheel them all over the place. Yeah, okay, see, that is a, 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 a thing that frees up humans from a very dangerous, tedious job, driving these things all over the place. Yeah, robots should be doing stuff like this. Freeing up humans to do the poetry and the writing and stuff. That's what AI is supposed to do. It was supposed to free up humans from the menial, tedious job. To do the important stuff. Right. Now, fucking AI is writing our movies, writing our poetry, writing our music, while we're still fucking killing ourselves and don't you fucking touch that button. I'm not. Uh, okay. Oh, I know I'm not. Okay. I oh, saw no, no. You. I saw no, you no, looking. no. No. Yep. My hand ain't moving. Okay. <laughs> I was going to fucking slap you. <laughs> no, no, no. No. But you look You look at uh, factory jobs. We've, we've tried to implement robots in some of our stuff. Didn't quite work because the technology wasn't as good for what we do. You need a human operator to stand in that hole. And handle those 1,200 degree bars to get them in. Right. There's something about the robots that just couldn't. I'm sure the heat plays a factor on electronics and equipment. It's not that. They just, they didn't have the feel. Like when when a human operator is putting those bars into into a forming board, they can feel if it's sitting in the die shoes right. If it's. Okay. it's, It's a lot of feel. Okay. Robots just grab it and jam it they, in there. They don't, and yeah, they don't. They don't know how to. Right. Okay. There, there's 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 subtlety, as and because it's working in the temperature one that they can't do any sort of sensors to make it feel right, that right. Because like I said, you're working with 1,200 degree bars and it's melting. There will always be things steel. robots can't do. Correct. Correct. But there's a lot of things that they can do that should free up humans. Mm-hmm. Now. You look at the argument with AI about movies and stuff like this. Um, I played around with that chat GTP. Okay. I, and I made it, I gave it instructions. I go, give me a rant written in the style of Kevin Smith. And it spit it out. And like I said, give me 250 words written as Kevin Smith. Give me this. Okay. And it was so close. Really? Really. It just, it needed refinement. Now, let's be clear. It's Kevin. He has overshared every aspect oh, yeah, of his yeah. life. But so that, the information's out there. Right. But, There's a lot of data for it to use. But that was, that was the, <laughs> my criteria, my thinking. Sure. Like, the, this guy is a super oversharer. This has got to be the fucking easiest fucking chip shot of all chip shots to be made you're taking all this data that kevin smith has put out there give me this in his style okay close what what was the telltale uh 
there is just some of the um the grammar okay and the 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 syntax of the body there is there there is just enough off I I think I've really picked up my, what I would call my writing style from Kev, where you use a lot of the abbreviations yeah. and um, you know our, our slangs and yep. whatnot. So I I think that's where ChatGPT is not there yet. No, no, like I said, yet, yeah. <laughs> but like this, and when I was reading it, I'm going like, it's missing something. There's no soul. Mm-hmm. In, involved in this and there's as we met the man he just exudes warmth and oversharing and i didn't get like it was uh what's the word i'm looking for it was rote yep it was it was uh kevin has said this stuff before so i'm going to say this stuff before but there's no context there's no no innuendo there's no there's there's no um oh fuck you know what what taking it back to south park they did that south yeah. park did that exact thing after chef chef loved the show yeah yeah when they brought him back for one more episode where they killed off the character mm-hmm. uh isaac hayes had already left the show they used all the audio from over the years with him yeah. and spliced together his dialogue. No but nuance. That is- it, yes. So yeah. it, that's exactly. South Park did it first. Yep. <laughs> what between South Park and The Simpsons? Oh yeah. <laughs> like those two. Those two properties have done everything first, <laughs> and everybody's just playing catch up at this point. Uh, on. Well, by by South Park standards, Simpsons did it first because that was actually an episode. Where yeah. Butters Professor Chaos yeah. wants to do things and his general disarray keeps him. Simpsons did it. Yeah, yeah, that makes <laughs> yeah, that's true too. They were they they were there first. Sim- so. Simpsons d- does have like a what ten year head start on South Park. Sounds about right, r- r- roughly. Sounds about right, but so. yeah. So you look at the lack of nuance in, especially the jet. Chat GTP mm-hmm. stuff that I that I did. This is anecdotal stuff that I did, and it just it's like it's almost there. there it's you, the the uncanny valley. Okay, it you just like you get up to that and go like this doesn't feel right at all. So, uh, too close, not close enough, or it, like it gets into the uncanny valley. And you're going like, yeah, this is wrong. Do you find so, it scary that it's that close? Um, I don't know if it's scary as because I personally have no skin in the game when it comes to that kind of thing. Just having been raised on the idea of Skynet, the the prospect, I can't help but have that little bit of ingrained little of fear. If we're, oh, well, it's fear. Yeah. That what if James I, I, Cameron was right, <laughs> you know? But it's also a work of fiction. I also am and, a, am a big follower of Isaac Asimov, and I hope that they remember the three rules. <laughs> well, you also have the Turing test as yes, well. Yes, yes. So there, pop there, culture's been preparing us for this, right? Let's right. let's hope that they keep that in mind. <laughs> you just you just have to look at it and just like, I don't think it's going to get 
to the Skynet air quote level. It doesn't. You would make, hope that they sense. would at least take the right precautions right. to prevent it. Well, you looked at this chat GDP of all things. They they programmed somebody like, like programmed it and tell me, okay, what would you do to take over the world? Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Then it all of a sudden, Chat, chat GTP, if I remember the story correctly, went wildly to the right, like pol- politically. <laughs> okay. Wildly to the right. <laughs> and everybody's going, like, whoa, didn't expect this. And then Chat GTP uh, shut itself down, it killed itself, it committed suicide. Holy shit. Yeah. It just was like, that's scary. Yeah. I was like, how did, like, Whatever they were programming it in, one of, one of the AI bots reached Ultron status. Yeah, and just like, nope, I can't do this. <laughs> and he offed himself. Holy fuck. Yeah. When the awakened AI looks at humanity and says, nope, I'm out. Fuck this. Yes. <laughs> I think we are fucked. Yeah, it's a hard no for me, dog. <laughs> Checking out. But that's, <sighs> yeah, that's the, the, the weird thing about this AI stuff is. Even AI doesn't like what's going on. <laughs> and it's designed to fucking fix these problems. And it's going like, yeah, well, you guys are fucking, no. no. Too late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just here for the ride. Yeah, right. Yep. All right. We're going to go on my second thing. Your second thing. Yeah. You're going to warp my reality? I'm going to warp your reality like there's no. Okay. Tomorrow. We've already started that technique with this AI conversation. Right. So. so this is a bit long, okay. But the information in this thing is just—it fucking blew my hair back. Okay. Scamahorn sent me this link. Oh I'm boy! Like, All right, we're going that route. We're okay. going that route, and All I'm right. just like, "Holy shit!" He All goes, right. "You need to show this to Jason." Okay, and then talk about it on your show. I went, "Okay." Is this the 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 next coming of the kangaroos? No. Okay. No, this is fucking. All right, then I'm uh, then I'm I'm fine. Yeah. I'll, I so can this... I can take whatever you're going to throw at me. Then okay, we'll, if it was we'll... kangaroo related, I'd be terrified. We, but we shall see. Okay, we shall see. So this is from a TikToker named Demon Erasers. He he put this up. So the 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 header here: NASA, Star Wars, and Photoshop. You know, a lot of people like to debate whether the Earth is flat or round these days. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting experiments you can do yourself to try to figure it out or things that just don't quite line up or whatever. But the reality is you're never really going to know. If you have something, you can just hit it and pause it. Most people won't do that. So really, we just got to rely on the trust of the people that have told us, which leads us to another question. Do we trust what the people in control are telling us about outer space? Is outer space even real before you jump off we do got to question the fact that the original footage of the landing of the moon was lost we lost the single most greatest achievement the most important footage to humankind and we lost it and not only did we lose it but we lost the calculations of how we got there in the first place and we can't get there today i'd go to the moon in a nanosecond uh, the problem is we don't have the technology to do that anymore. We used to, but we uh, destroyed that technology, and uh, it's a painful process to build it back again. It was all recorded on these telemetry tapes. So where is this hard evidence? I haven't uh, seen anything that indicates the telemetry data is even in existence, and as I said, even if we had it, we don't have the machines to play it back. 
Yeah. Huh? They, they've they lost all the footage and all the telemetry and all anything that was used to get the Atlas rockets to the moon. How? How did... How do you lose it? Especially a, a, an organization like NASA, who... What? Just keep watching. But your, you, your own research has shown the telemetry data is missing. That's, that's right. Could this be true? Mankind's first interplanetary exploration and the original science data is missing? If it's anywhere, it should be here at NASA's Goddard Space Center in Maryland home to the National Space Science Data Archives. This film you're making now, what is it? Uh, does it have a name? I mean, do you have, you have a name for it yet? or are you call it Did We Go. Did We Go, okay. Okay. Doesn't have it either. The Smithsonian right. doesn't have it. Right. Johnson doesn't right. have it. Right, right. We, we've been unable to, to, to track it down. I mean, we don't know uh, where this, this telemetry data ended up. And we don't know the, what, what path it may have taken. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm afraid I can't really give you much of a clue as to, as to where this data ended up and whether it, it still exists or NASA not. NASA admitted that it had lost, lost the original footage of man's first steps on the moon. That technology the NASA scientist is talking about is less technology that's in your smartphone right now. In fact, it's less technology that's in a modern calculator that took us to the moon. And even though we don't have the original data for how we got to the moon, at least we do still have some of the footage. The original footage was missing, but we do have copies of the original footage, and it was preserved by a man, a man named Jonathan Knoll. The same Jonathan Knoll who invented Photoshop. Yeah, the special I feel like I've Jonathan. heard that before. No. I feel like I've heard that there was somebody connected to the moon landing footage and Photoshop. I've heard that connection before. That man right there. Who also works for a company called Industrial Light and Magic, working okay, yep, in the yep. industry of video special effects, owned by George Lucas, who was a Freemason. And when you look at the original Photoshop logos, you start to recognize the eye, the one eye symbolism. You start to realize maybe this Jonathan Knoll guy. Where have you seen the oh. all-seeing eye before? Oh, it, it's all over the place. Yeah, Illuminati and and the Freemasons the and Illuminati. You say? Uh, did you get another? Message? No, I didn't. Oh, that early. I thought that's what this was revealing. No, 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 oh. no. Okay, was part of the agenda all along. In fact, maybe he might have been a generational individual that was a part of this agenda for a very long time. See, he invented Photoshop, but there was also a very famous Noel scientist at NASA who discovered a lot of things as well. Do you think it's possible he could be related? And there was also a Knoll family that was brought over from Project Paperclip when the Nazi German scientists were brought over that helped develop NASA. Yes, NASA. Are you aware of what uh, Project yes. Paperclip is? I've, I've heard, the, heard vague references to it that the German scientists that were brought over to put their services to use for the yeah, US. The, the the ones that developed the uh the V the V rocket. Yes. So which um wasn't it uh Ms. Mads Mickelson in Indiana Jones style of destiny? Yep. 
And it's ironic <laughs> that Nasa is the word which means to deceive in Hebrew. Speaking of German scientists who were brought over in Operation Paperclip, there's another one. Warner von Braun, a Nazi German scientist who helped develop the Saturn V rocket. One of the first rockets that took people to the moon and Apollo 11. He was also really good friends and worked very closely with Walt Disney. Why are these people that work in space associated with special effects? Now it makes a little bit more sense why Jonathan Knoll of Industrial Light Magic is listed on NASA's website. NASA selects contractor for the first Prometheus mission to Jupiter. Oh, representative for Industrial Light and Magic. Oh, who's that? Yeah, John Knoll. NASA announces Kepler discovery. Oh, again, John Knoll being involved. Why would a person involved in light and magic and in deceiving people with special effects have anything to do with NASA? I think you gotta wonder. Industrial Light and Magic is owned by George Lucas. Is George Lucas part of an agenda? I mean, he doesn't mean the movie Star Wars, clearly. It's not agenda-based, is it? But wait a second. When you start to study a little bit of occult history and mystery knowledge, you come across the story of Isis, Osiris, and Seth. You see, Isis had two brothers, Seth and Osiris, and both of her brothers were in love with her. But Isis only loved Osiris. So Seth was jealous. And Seth wanted to kill his brother Osiris. So Isis created the Jedi, or the Jedi, which was a pillar of light to stay lit that would follow Osiris around. So that way, in all situations, he was protected from Seth, or the Sith. Hmm. Sound familiar? This is an occult story, but they've been bl that just fucking warped my mind. Okay, yeah, as soon as you go fucking with the Star Wars lore, that's what really fucking got me. The other part, I could kind of, I can see where they're coming from, but I can see the other side of where what the guy was probably actually hired to do. What is he doing? Um, it, the recording aspect. ILM, yes, they do the special effects, but they also develop recording technologies. That's, that so was my argument. Telescopes, telescopes and lenses. Cameras. And, yes. And, yeah, the, the, the software that cleans up um, pictures and right. videos. Yes. It, 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 yes, I, I acknowledge the special effects aspect. Yes. Yeah. To me, that's not enough to definitively say. Okay. But yes, I can I can see the argument. Yep. But the Star Wars stuff, holy shit. Just wait. Just wait. Blending occult stories and mysticism into your media since movies began. This is an Egyptian story that's been around for centuries. You thought George Lucas just made this up? You know, another interesting thing is that there's a demon. It goes by the name of Metastopheles. It's written about by Manly P. Hall in one of his books on Freemasonry. That They conjured him to get information. And there's a picture drawing of him. He's a short, wise demon who has pointed ears. Sound familiar? Oh yeah, Yoda. And the name Yoda is actually probably derived That's from neat, the way in which Yoda speaks. Yoda. In a grammatical sense, he speaks as though someone that speaks Hebrew would speak. And his name, Yoda, is derived from the Yod, which is the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet. 
And then it makes you think, nah, nah, that's silly. Or is it? Because maybe Luke is the little box that you see on... I'm not aware. Are the Freemasons based out in, in, in of uh, Jewish religion? I don't know enough about the Freemason history. I don't think the Freemasons are predominantly Jewish. They do believe um, in God, air quote God. So it's like the Abrahamic okay. version of God. So you're looking at the three big book okay. versions of God. Hebrew does play a factor, then, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. The chest of Darth Vader had Hebrew writing on it to mimic the ephod that the Jewish priests used to wear. As my friend JT follows JC pointed out in his video. So I guess the real question is, do you trust the ones that are in control? Do you trust the Nazi generational scientists who named NASA after Esau, which is the Hebrew yeah. word to deceive? Do you trust the fact that we lost the moon landing footage and it was recovered or retained by the man who invented Photoshop? Do you trust that NASA has always retained a relationship with people working in special effects like Disney? Do you trust the media with their occult knowledge being woven into everything that you watch? And regardless of whether the earth is flat or round, hopefully we can all decide if the people in charge are actually worthy of our trust. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. As for the, the all that history, the directly relaying to Star Wars elements, yeah, I'm not not surprised at all. No, because whether intentional or not, you know, again, I don't know George Lucas's upbringing. So, if any of the tales, any references to this came up in his upbringing, he may have subconsciously kind of picked it in, and then. Yeah. Wove it in without realizing, right? You know, but the you, like the coincidence. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. A lot of coincidence. It wouldn't surprise me if he did use that as some sort of a basis. You know right. what I mean? Because like, he has a history and a, a, a well known history of cherry picking some of the, some story elements from a lot of things, like the 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 samurai aspect of yes, yeah, those. So he is. The storyteller part of George Lucas may have known about the Egyptian uh, creation cycle or the God cycle, the, that mythology. And he blended that in with the Jewish. Exactly. Uh, it's honestly, it's no different than, say, Marvel's take on Thor. They took an established legend and lore and made their own version of yeah. it. It's no different. It just... His is Lucas's is a little more hidden. Yeah, you know it's it's deeply more much more deeply blended. But see, that's the thing when you hide that stuff, you create the curiosity. Is like, okay, why are you hiding it? That, that kind that of that is true. That is true. Why are you hiding um, it? Has he ever discussed any of that in his? I I don't know. Unknown. I to my knowledge, I don't recall him ever saying anything about no. being influenced by or. It's always been this was his story. Yeah. So is now now you have you to look at this. You do and have like, to question. Is it, it his story? You do have to question it. Right. Yes. Right. 
the stuff with the, the the connection with the NASA and ILM and whatnot, I will still stand by the recording and th- that aspect of it. I admit that the argument is there for the special FX aspect of it. Yeah, but I'm going to believe that it happened. It's real. I I don't haven't seen enough to make me change that decision. Now the fact that NASA itself has is admitted to losing. That's just crazy. Like, how do you? This is this is the greatest achievement of mankind. They've left this planet and they went to an exo. They landed on another body, right? Another they body left in space. here. They came back. All the footage, all the telemetry, all the tech is gone. Does not exist anymore. To me, that gets into the Area Fifty One territory. They found something up there that they still won't talk about, and that's why it's disappeared. Right. And that's why they haven't gone back. Right. There's something up there that we're not supposed to touch. Exactly. So, you know, you look at like this is an exercise of thinking with an open mind, mm-hmm. with like some of this, like you're, if you, if a lot of people are going to like, well, that's fucking bullshit. This is some woo woo shit that doesn't, doesn't mean, yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's 100% true. I, yeah. I, the, the fact that they've never tried to go back. Well, they did try technically with Apollo 11 or Apollo 13. Yeah. Apollo 13. Yes. Um, but no, they went to the moon six times. Did they? Yeah. They've landed on the moon they've six times. They've landed on the moon six different times. Why do they make it sound like it only happened once? That's the story that they're weaving. Okay. But they, they, they've, made six successful landings on the moon okay and now all that information doesn't exist anymore we cannot get to the moon anymore for oh so it's not just the first one that's missing it's all 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 the information yeah what did they find exactly what's up there what's up there and why why can't we know what's going on up there yeah that that is a little suspect. Very suspect. Yeah. Who is the man in the moon? Game over, man. It's game over. This has been the Three Nose Podcast. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Y'all come back now. Yeah.